Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Philly Bandwagon Podcast. Ryan Michaels here with your boy, Chip Tannen. What it do? The Eagles might be over, but this was one of the most fun football weekends I've ever seen. Yeah, that, uh, oh, man, if you didn't watch that last game. If you didn't watch the games on Sunday, I would say both of them, but yeah. the last one especially. Oh, my God. I went to the bathroom at one point, and the score was just completely different. Mm-hmm. The last two minutes, nuts, nutty. Probably one of the best games I've ever seen. The overtime rule got to change. Like, uh, you know, yeah, I was rooting for the Bills, obviously. Um, and, you know, not because I hate the Chiefs, nor do I hate Patrick Mahomes, nor do I hate Tyreek Hill, nor do I hate Travis Kelsey, nor do I hate Clyde edwards Lair. I can name pretty much a lot of their team because I like their team a lot. I really am with the rest of the country, and I hate Jackson Mahomes. <laughs> Just can't stand him. I, I didn't care very much about the TikToks. Um, when I saw him dancing on the Demarius Thomas thing, that was uh, that was the line. Yeah, that was that was the line for most people, honestly. Honest to God, why would you do that? He also was wearing a jacket with his name on it, spelled wrong. Huh. You know, another thing, he went into a random Kansas City restaurant who blew him up, and it was hysterical. Mm. But enough about random gossip, but that guy sucks. Yeah, I think everyone everyone's actually in agreement, which is great. It's rare. Patrick's a great guy, though. <laughs> yeah, amazing guy. Uh, amazing quarterback as well. And, you know, I think... Uh, at the end when Josh Allen and him were talking and he ran over to him, I think Josh Allen said to him, we're going to be doing this for a long time, and I can't wait for the next time. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, those two guys, you know, they put on a show and, you know. They're both capable of it. And, you know, I, I think um, the most underrated performance was Gabriel Davis and Josh Allen's cannon arm. Yeah. <laughs> that 75-yard touchdown reception was nuts. I mean, Gabriel Davis had four touchdowns, 200 yards receiving, and they lost. Josh Allen couldn't have played any better. Right. He could not have played any better because he killed it. Yeah. I don't – I don't. what's his QBR? What was his QBR? I – it's a good question. I can fact check. Yeah, please, please fact check that. Um, and then I want to talk about Tyreek Hill being um, inhuman. He's not real. Mm. Uh, he's got to be a figment of our imagination. That's how fast he is. Um, yeah. If there's a human incarnation of the Flash, I would just put a Flash suit on him and give it to him and just let him run. Right. Because no one's catching him. And if you do get hands on him for whatever reason, uh, he somehow sneaks away. I don't know how he does it. Um, but I saw a ton of Bills defenders. Like I thought they like latched onto him, and he's like, nope. Josh Allen's QBR was 136. And what was uh, Patty Mahomes? 123.1. And just for reference, a perfect pass rating is 158.3. Oh, my goodness. So that was probably one of the best quarterback duels you'll ever see, if not the best. God. 
man, you know, I still feel bad for Buffalo. I, I they've they've sucked for so long, and they've finally been starting to get good. I don't know. I think it's because their fans remind me of us. Yeah, I mean, you definitely feel bad, but you know, like, well, why, why do we feel sentimental for Buffalo as Eagles fans? Like, is it because their fans are kind of crazy like us? I don't know. Maybe it's just, or maybe you know, like they, we get their pain. You know, they've gone through years and years of not winning. You know, they back in the day, back in the '90s, they made four straight Super Bowls and lost every single one of them. Um. You know, and then, you know, going into the 2000s, you know, your teams, they just haven't been a, a, a really good team. And now they finally have, you know, a legit contender. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we definitely, you know, we could definitely see ourselves in those fans and, you know, they're pa- they're just as passionate as we are. Um, so, you know, you feel for them when stuff like that happens. All right, well, let's let's move away from football. We could we could talk a little bit of NFL playoffs when we get in the bulk, but um, let's go over what else we're covering. The Sixers, Joel Embiid, is the best player in basketball right now. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, no, you're not. If you disagree with me, um, eh, turn off the podcast. You're wrong. <laughs> and just turn it off because you're not going to like anything that I have to say. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just uh, the NBA doing something stupid or not, but uh, th- he was snubbed from something very recently uh, that we'll talk about in the bulk because I'm a little upset about it, frankly. doesn't make any sense. Well, just, you know, further proves that the NBA hates us, but, you know, we already knew that. Then uh, we just got to talk uh, – the whole Ben Simmons situation, unfortunately, again. <laughs> yeah, a lot Nothing. of rumors, uh, <laughs> you know, with the trade deadline looming. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, rumors, so, you know, we'll, we'll go over, over everything. Yeah, so, uh, but it's hard to hard to believe some of the stuff that's been coming out, but, uh, you know, just with, with everything going on. But, um, so, yeah, we'll get we'll get to that. Oh, God. And then uh, I want to talk Flyers a little bit. And I'm not talking how they're playing. I'm not talking specific players. I'm talking about the Flyers in general. How the Flyers have operated. And just how I went from, you know a time of hockey bliss in Philadelphia to not even being able to, you know, feel for this team at this point. Mm-hmm. There's nothing for a Philadelphian to latch on to about this organization. And I'm not the only one who feels that way. So I want to talk, I want to delve into it a little bit and what went from being one of my favorite things to do pretty much every second night during hockey season to being kind of just turned away from it. Yeah. And on that note, that leaves me with nothing left. what you say, Chippy? Kind of somber, but uh, cue the Rocky music. 
You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. football again because that was yesterday yeah and look i i woke up today wishing that there were more football on Mm. but i was still thinking about that game yeah man i said it earlier that was probably one of the best games i've ever seen honestly um uh, you know I mean, just unbelievable. Just that, like, that's all I'm like, I'm not even, I don't even know how to explain what happened. Um, just the, the quarterback play was unbelievable. Uh, no defense was played, by the way. Um, kind of just, you know, they were like, all right, here you go. You know, have this. Um, so, but um, yeah, just unbelievable, unbelievable quarterback play from Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Just unbelievable. I think the Chiefs winning distracts from the fact that Gabriel Davis had such an amazing game. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, like I said, he had, you know, 200 yards receiving four touchdowns. I mean, that's, you know, that's the most receiving touchdowns in the playoff game in history of the NFL. And they lost. Um, So, you know, definitely, um, you know, he definitely deserves credit and, uh, you know, as does Josh Allen and, and that whole that whole Bills offense, really, in general. Um, they played an unbelievable game. Like you said earlier, Josh Allen really played a perfect game, almost perfect, and they still, you know. No, it was up, perfect. That's the problem. Right, yeah, they came Their up Their defense short. just sucked. Right. Um, so, you know, um, I mean, Patrick Mahomes had 13 seconds to go down and get a field goal, and he did it. I mean, you You know, know, as a Philly sports podcast, this is a great time to bring up, you know, the one thing I will say in that cesspool of Twitter, there are a lot of people who have a lot of spare time. Mm. Did you know that 13 seconds to tie a game is less time than it took Dak Prescott to run out the clock unintentionally? (laughs) He had 14 seconds to do that. Even think about that. That's crazy. If Patrick Mahomes could have an official touch the ball within 13 seconds, you know. Well, I will say the Chiefs had three timeouts. They did. Um, So, you know, that's. You know what's surprising? Andy Reid managed to clock well. Oh, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, you know, the play calling was just unbelievable, too. I mean, you know, the, you know, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is the flash. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're the Bills, you know, you got to do something about Tyreek Hill. I mean, you can't let him loose like that. I mean, he just runs. He runs a slant and, and he's gone. I mean, you, it, you it know. feels like he gets the football and he's going zero to 60 in one second. He is a uh, Tesla. 
I mean, it's it really is. I mean, he, he's he might be the fastest player in NFL history. He is. He, he uh, what's his forty? Well, because he well, I don't think he was invited to the combine because he went he went to West Alabama or South Alabama, one of the two. So he didn't have an official forty time. But I mean, if he ran it now, I mean, you could see. I'm not kidding when I say this. He he could probably run a four one. Dude's insane. Every single time he gets the ball, and I said this earlier, if you wrapped him up, you didn't wrap him up. If that, two of you wrapped him up, you didn't wrap him up. Right, that's the thing too. Like he, even at his small size, he's still like, he's he's just so shifty, and so elusive. And then when he turns on the Jets, it's over. You, I mean, there's nothing you can do. So. I mean, you know, if you're a defense, you got to, especially on like in late in the game like that, you got to, I don't know what you got to do, but you got to, you got to do something to, to try and, you know, not let Tyree, Tyree get loose. Yeah. And like Patty Mahomes being Patty Mahomes. Right. Just pinpoint accurate. Uh, they didn't do a good job of covering Travis Kelsey on the last play. Yep. You know, it, it a lot of it was the Bills' defense just struggling. Yeah, not even the Bills. I mean, the, the Chiefs' defense didn't play well uh, at all either. Um, I saw a meme afterwards that it was – I think it was a Stephen A. Smith's burner account, whoever that person is. Yeah. Very funny account if you don't follow it. But uh, it was <laughs> Stephen A. Smith with Patrick Mahomes' headband on. It was like <laughs> Patrick Mahomes looking at the Chiefs' secondary celebrating that win. <laughs> <laughs> But and neither neither defense played well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, Ty- Tyron Matthew went out early with an injury, uh, so you know that kind of hurt the the Chiefs secondary. But um, I mean, he's okay though. He's not amazing, amazing, you know. Yeah, but you could tell that they were missing him. Um, you know, because there was, I mean, Gabriel Davis was wide open on. It, almost all of his touchdowns. <laughs> like it, there was not a man in sight of of one of the like. Though I think the last one he was there was no one within you know twenty yards of him. Um. So both defenses were just very like they 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 just couldn't stop him. It, it was yeah, it was an offensive show. Well. I don't I don't know what to do when it comes to football now because I'll be honest with you, that was the best game I've seen in the playoffs ever. Yeah. I mean, other than the Eagles beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl, duh, but Yeah, like but like as a just a as a standalone playoff game. Right. Like as a football fan, like with no with no um you know, with with not rooting for a team or anything, that game was probably the best game I've ever seen. And before the Rams-Bucks game, yeah, the playoffs were pretty mediocre. Yeah, you know, we were we were we were talking during the playoff game, and I was just saying, like, you know, a lot of the wild card games weren't that good. You know, there was a lot of blowouts. I mean, obviously the Eagles is one of them, uh, but the Cardinals got blown out by the Rams. The Patriots got blown out by the Bills. Um, there was another 
one as well. Um, who else? <sighs> who was it? There was one more. I can't think of it. No, I'm gonna let you do it. Uh, the Chiefs. Chiefs blown out. Uh, yeah, they blew up the Steelers. So, you know, I mean, and then and the wild card. I mean, the, the divisional. You know, the ending of the games were really good. But like both the Cincinnati and the um, San Francisco games, up to the end, they weren't that exciting. Like there wasn't a lot of points scored or anything. Uh, but the ending was great. Like the endings were great until we got to the Rams and Bucks game, and then obviously the, the Chiefs and Bills game. The Rams and Bucks game was drunk. It really was. I mean, you know, you go from. I mean, there's back-to-back turnovers, you know. It was the, uh, what, Tom Brady threw a pick, I think, and then... No, it was strip sack. Or strip sack, and then and then Stafford, uh, or the center for the, the Rams, you know... Threw Stafford, it over Stafford did. Right, and he didn't, he wasn't expecting it, and then, you know, there's back-to-back turnovers. That was just, I mean, it was, you know, and then you have, you know, I mean, the Rams are up 27-3. Of course, the Buccaneers come back, because it's Tom Brady, because, of course, he does. Um, you know, they have that uh, 27-13. You have that long Mike, T- Mike Evans touchdown to make it a one-possession game. And then you have the fourth down Leonard Fournette touchdown to tie it with, like, 40 seconds left. And then you have Matthew Stafford, who throws a seed right to Cooper Cup down the field, and they're in field goal range, and they kick it and win it. Like, it was just— Why um, did they blitz? Yeah. They so I, I, didn't even, I didn't even know that they blitzed until afterward. I think you told me. They rushed six. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess they had faith in their in their in their defensive backs to they make had a play. Faith in their safety to contain Cooper Cup. Uh, yep, dude. I I don't know what to tell you, man. Hey, Cooper I, Cup. Yeah. <laughs> like I w- I would say he, yeah he's the best receiver in the league. Definitely one of them. I mean, statistically, statistically, yes, he is. Look, this year, yes, he was the best receiver in the league. Yeah. I'm just saying. I didn't say fastest. I didn't even say most athletic. But the numbers he put up this year were insanity. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I got I to gotta give props to Matt Stafford, too. This game was going to come down to, is Matt Stafford going to screw up? Yeah. And he made pass after pass. Cam Akers was the one who almost screwed up. Yeah, I was yeah, I was gonna say, like everybody everybody kind of everybody other than Matthew Stafford was kind of choking, you know, and then he kinda he delivered that last throw and they got him in the field goal range and you know, they ultimately won. So um yeah, Matt Stafford came through in in, in a big way, obviously, and, and they uh they eked out the win. When he threw that ball up for that last play I was like, this is either going to be a sick catch or an interception immediately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But listen, I, you know, I think Chip can attest to this. I'm a big Matt Stafford guy. Yeah. I'm really pulling for him to actually win something since the Eagles aren't in it. Right. I mean, I uh, I don't necessarily. Yeah, you know, because if, if he wins this Super Bowl, if, 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 I say if, he's a Hall of Famer, no questions asked. Yeah, I think so. If he doesn't, it's debatable. But yeah. if he does, it's no question anymore. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, and then also my boy, Joey Burrow. Mm. Uh, I mean, listen, I'm rooting for the Bengals this weekend coming up. Yeah. Um, again, not because of anyone on the Chiefs, nor do I hate the Chiefs. Or, you know, it's because they've won. They've been there. You know, we've seen them win already. You know, you kind of want, you know, if your team's not in it, you want, you know, what you want diversity. You want, um, you want to, you want to see other guys win. You know. Oh well, yeah, that too. And I want Jackson Mahomes to be miserable for about five, ten, fifteen years. You know. Well, yeah, I guess that too. Uh, look, I. I I don't I don't like pompous people and I just feel like he's very pompous the way he comes off at least. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not I'm kind of I don't really care, but if you're going to dance during someone's like. You know. Memorial, basically, then, you know, I'm not a fan of you. Dude. I don't know. I, honest to God, that that is probably like the scary part is Patrick Mahomes is one of the most lovable players of all time and best yeah. players of all time. By the end of his career, will might be, yeah, the best if not one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. How is his brother that hateable? That's nuts. Doing jerkish things, man. Yeah, you know. I guess he can just be a jerk. Yeah. I mean, your brother's, you know, one of the best NFL players, you know, in the league right now. And yeah, but he's not. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, but if, you know, you, you, and then, you know, Patrick Mahomes signs this huge deal and, you know, I mean, so basically, you know, your brother's, you know, a superstar and he thinks he can do whatever he wants and get away with it, so but you can't. Oh, well, I'm not really that worried about it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's the game that I'm really going to be focusing on. Um, I like the Rams in the next game. Okay. I think, I think it'll be close either way. Um, I think one of the big problems is San Fran travels well, and it's not like the Rams have really been established in LA for super long. So a lot of it's going to, come down to is it a home game or is it an away game yeah no i mean listen i think i think the rams um you know they played really well uh but honestly i i might choose the 49ers honestly i like their defense a lot i mean they 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 held aaron Rodgers to 10 points Mm -hmm. Um, so you know and and like you said if if there's a lot of san fran uh fans there then you know they might have a slight advantage so um Honestly, I might I might be leaning towards leaning towards the 49ers in this one, but it's going to be a good game regardless, and uh, we'll see what happens. I think the 49ers will definitely cover the spread if you're a gambling man, sure, but yeah. I I don't think that they'll be able to pull it off. Um, I I really think this is Sean McVay's revenge. I I really do. I don't think that. I don't think that he'll let this opportunity pass him up at this point. Okay. I also, in the end, looking back at it too, I also don't think that the 49ers are good enough to win the Super Bowl, no matter which team comes out on the other side. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, again, I was talking to you 
and you know, and we were talking during the game, and I said, uh, I thought whoever won the Chiefs Bills game was going to win the Super Bowl. Um, to me, you know, those two offenses are two of the best in the NFL right now. Um, so, you know, I thought whoever won that game was going to is going to go on to win the Super Bowl. I still stand by that. I think the Chiefs are going to win. Um, but you know, if, you know, I'm not going to count the Bengals out. I mean, they played really, really well. If Jamar Chase can have himself a game, then it's going to be tough for them to, to stop, uh, him. The Bengals also beat the chiefs. They did. They did. I think, you know, uh, look, and let's, let's be honest here. The chiefs defense as shown by Josh Allen isn't impenetrable. Joe Burrow has proven that he can be clutch has throughout his career. When given the opportunity in college and in the NFL so far, has the weapons to make it happen. You look at a receiving core, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. Um, you got C.J. Uzoma. Like, yeah, no, I'm listening. It's, it's, I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm, I mean, I really I, I do think that they could pull off the upset. Um, you got Joe Mixon rushing, too. He's had yeah. a low-key really good year. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, listen, their offense is very good. They have a lot of weapons, like you said, but I and think I'm just F- going to say it because I want to. Samaji Piran. <laughs> um, I, I just think after a game like that, you know, it's going to be hard for for a team to stop the Chiefs, in my opinion. But again, I'm not I'm not counting the Bengals out. This game is going to be, this is going to be another gunsling fest. Oh, they're going to be gunslinging the football and both of them are going to have 300 plus yards. Yeah, that's yeah, that's probably a fair fair uh prediction there. Uh if the Bengals are given I don't know what the spread is, but I'm assuming the Bengals are going to be given five or more points. Uh let me, actually, let's see if there's a line because I'm sure there is. It's going to be closer. It's not going to be a Chiefs win by 14. If it is, you know, whatever. I'm wrong. I lose five bucks. But honest to God, it's a, that's going to be a good game. It's going to be a low-key good game. The Chiefs are getting seven right now. The Bengals are getting seven. So they're plus seven right now. Okay. I would I would take that Bengals. <laughs> I would take that. No cover. Okay. I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. Dude, I am I am telling you, I have watched the Bengals. Unfo- not unfortunately. I don't know why I've watched the Bengals so much this year. It might just be because Red Zone played them a lot. But yeah. I liked what I saw. Yeah, I mean, listen, I like the Bengals, too. I, I, they have they're a- not a hateable team. No, they're not. They're, they're not. They're not. I'm not saying that. I want to see Joe Burrow with another cigar. They want to ha- they, they have a very, very very bright future and i'm not counting them out i'm really not but i i I like the chiefs in this one i'm telling you all right well that's fine and then uh let let's uh round it off with who do you think uh will win the super bowl if not the chiefs Um, if not the Chiefs, yeah, that's the obvious one. Let's be honest. Who who is the second most likely team? To me, 
Uh, it's tough, man. I mean, I think the Bengals and Rams are pretty close. Uh, man. I don't know. That's that's a good one. Um, if the Bengals somehow beat the Chiefs, let's say that if I don't know, that's really tough. I'll give I'll give the slight edge to Cincinnati if they can somehow beat the Chiefs in uh, in the AFC title. See, I'm with you on that AFC game being the deciding factor, but I really think it's going to be whoever wins the AFC championship game, whichever yeah. team. I think I agree with you. I think I agree. Um, but let's move on to Philly stuff. I know we've taken up a lot of your time, but there's only three more football games left in the year, so I want to try to enjoy the football talk while we still can. Yeah, for sure. All right. Joel Embiid got snubbed for player of the week. <clears throat> I just want to okay. say, it. all right. Uh, Trey Young won it, and um, yep. it's not like Trey Young was playing bad and the Hawks went four and zero. But Joel Embiid is murdering it. Uh, He's yeah. averaging over forty points over the last four. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's um. He's really good at basketball. Joel Embiid is the best player in the league right now. Yeah, that's not. Sports that's Center not. or ESPN tweeted out Joel Embiid's last like 13 games or so. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Zach Levine, I think, tweeted back, damn, JoJo. Yeah. <laughs> like when you get other all-star caliber players in the league tweeting out like, holy God. You're killing it, buddy. Yeah, yeah. You're murdering it. He he is murdering it. Um, I mean, he's the mayor of Philly, obviously. I mean, he, the pro the reason he probably didn't win it is because they didn't go undefeated during the week. Um, so that's probably a factor as well. I mean, they lost. They you know they had a twenty four point lead against the Clippers and lost. So yeah, but that wasn't on Joel Embiid. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, you know, that the the rocker definitely plays a factor. Um, but I mean, listen, Joe. I mean, I I I 100% agree that Joel Embiid's the best player in the world right now. Um, you know, he doesn't get talked about it enough, honestly. Uh, that just goes that just goes back to the NBA hitting Philly, but we're not going to go into that. Um, yeah, but I mean, listen. He, he's unbelievable, but he needs help, and that's 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 apparent. Um, you know, and that goes back to the whole Ben Simmons situation. And let's loop it back there. So this week, uh, this past week, Dara Mori actually went on the Mike Missinelli show. I think it was Wednesday, mm-hmm. and they had a conversation about what's likely to happen. Um, What's it like watching Joel Embiid? Yeah. And it has, it was, um, he said it's more likely than not a trade is not going to happen this season. So if you're really expecting something, you know, 
take that for what it is. It's it's more than likely not going to happen. He also said that if a deal does happen, it's most likely going to be involving multiple teams. Right. Um, it's, it doesn't have to, but it most likely would just to make sense for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he did make a good point when he, he said, you know, like it's not like all the other GMs in the league wake up and say, oh, how can I help the 76ers? They're worried about themselves. Right. And I, I think from fans, from a fan standpoint, we don't always think about that. You know, that they are—they're actually doing a job. Yeah. <laughs> We're just like, oh, why haven't you done it yet? It's—it's it's harder than that. That those guys don't want to give up a bunch, of, bunch of picks and a bunch of their best players for someone who might just hate them and threaten not to play. Right. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think one of the other things too, and I wanted to you out with the Ben Simmons situation didn't you notice that Joel Embiid is getting so much better at creating shot opportunities oh no no question no question he's you know he's 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 developing still you know um you know he's become a way better passer um his vision is is improved a ton Um, he is hitting people across the court wide open his decision making is 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 phenomenal. Um, you know, he's driving and passing it backwards to someone wide open. And you know, he, him when he gets double teamed, he's not panicking. You know, he he stays calm. You know, he finds the right guy, and you know, he he makes a play. Um, so in, in terms of all that, yeah, he's he's gotten a million percent better. Uh, in terms of you know finding his teammates and and creating for uh for for like for his teammates to to make a play so um you know he's still getting his points in the paint obviously and he's still um he's still shooting the three ball uh, particularly well but in terms of passing and, and creating for his teammates I mean that's um you know he's definitely got gotten immensely better in that in terms of that. And, you know, we, we talk about his improvements, and I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the coaching. Uh, you mentioned that 24-point blown lead. Um, it, it's been something that's been a little consistent uh, with the Sixers under Doc Rivers. Um, it happened under Rep Brown, too, so, I mean, it's becoming a recurring theme. But So Doc Rivers, in a post-game press conference, when someone asked, like, how much of that's on coaching, he said, would you ask Pop that question? I mean, Pop would just flip you off and curse at you a lot and call you a lot of names. But look, like it, it's kind of a recurring theme here. Well, what, what's going on and what has to change? And I mean, all respect to Doc Rivers, he's a legendary NBA coach. It's just I, I feel like sometimes he gets a little angry at questions like that, even though they're kind of legitimate. Yeah, I mean, listen, every you know, anytime you're gonna blow a, a, a big lead like that, you're gonna be frustrated and. You know, obviously Doc Rivers was was frustrated in that moment. Um, but listen, I think if you're Doc Rivers, you got to take ownership. Um, you know, because if if Pop was asked that question, he would take ownership of it. You know, he would say it's on me. You know, I got to be better at at. Um, no, he wouldn't. He, he would say, yeah, it's on me, and then he'd call you a litany of curse words, some of well, which haven't even <laughs> been uttered in humanity for the past thirty thousand years. Well, yeah, but listen, he. I mean, listen, he he. He he would say it's on him, but him being pop, he would you know then do that. But obviously, um, he'd probably ask where you went to college, call your professor to 
give you a nice warning, and then you'd call your parents to put you in timeout with a dunce cap. Um, sure. But if I'm if I'm Doc Rivers, I take ownership. Um, you know, I'm not gonna blame anybody. I'm gonna say it's on me, and you know, I got to do better. And you know, you know, my rotation's got to get better, or you know, I I just got to be a, a bigger force in the huddle when you know a team is coming back like that. Um, so if I'm Doc Rivers, I take ownership. But you know, obviously, he was frustrated in the moment, and I understand you know him reacting that way. So I'm not I'm not really mad at him or anything. Um, just got to be better, you know, with his. Uh, just got to be better in the moment. So uh, another thing I wanted to consider too. This isn't with Doc Rivers, but this is with the Ben Simmons situation. If Ben Simmons is able to be traded um, and for a point guard, an all-star caliber point guard, Tyrese Maxey with the second unit would be insane. He's not afraid to drive. The, he's not afraid to drive. He makes smart decisions. He's maturing as a ball player, and I think that would give him even more of an opportunity to score. Uh, Question. I mean, his role would be more defined. You know, he would be he would be the top scorer off your bench, mm-hmm. um, and you know, you, you would give him that freedom when he's on the floor. Um, so yeah, I think, it's not like he wouldn't get playing time. He would. He'd get no, a lot of. No, he'd be your sixth man. I mean, he'd be your, um, you know, he'd be your Lou Williams of sorts or your or your Jordan Clarkson uh, for Utah right now, who's a great scorer. Um, so, you know, he he would have, like I said, he would have a more defined role, um, which is good for a young player. Um, and, you know, going back to the a starting point guard, I think you need a guy who is willing to distribute the ball because, um, you know, Tyrese Maxey leads the team in assists per game at only four. So you need someone who is willing to distribute the ball. Um, and we don't have that right now. So let's talk about starting point guard, for example. Dara Mori also hinted that they're not afraid to wait until the offseason. They have to wait for the right move. Yeah, and what we're reading is that the Sixers are trying to target a guy like James Harden or another All Star caliber player in the off season. Mm-hmm. The argument is you're wasting another year of Joel Embiid's prime. Yeah. What do you do here? Uh, Ben's kind of got the Sixers in a little bit of a pickle, honestly. Yeah, he does. I mean, listen, you know, I think if you're the Sixers, I think you, to me, I think you still stand pat with him. I think, um, I think they're doing the right thing in the long run. I know people are frustrated with him still being here and, you know, not, not us, not making a trade happen, but I, to me, I think still you're doing the right thing. Um, you know, you, you can't, you can't force a trade right now. Can't force a trade, and you can't. You know, you can't settle. You can't settle for anything. You know, you can't. If a team goes, you know, you know, I'm going to give you this player, this player, and this player for Ben. You can't settle and be like, all right, whatever, I'm done. You know what I mean? You, you gotta. I, I think they're doing the right thing in not settling and and waiting for the right trade to 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 happen. Um, so if that takes until this off season, fine. Um, you, you know, you still have Joel Embiid playing an unbelievably high level. 
if Embiid can continue to do that, then, you know, who knows what could happen. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I would rather wait to see what we can get yeah. than, you know, as much as I think Tyrese Halliburton's a really good player, I would rather wait. Yeah, I mean, if you can get, if you can, you know, somehow, like, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but if you could somehow get James Harden on this team, then yeah, then then you wait for him. Um, but they're not they're not going to settle, and that's the biggest thing right now. So that's you know, I mean, I know again, I know fans are going to get frustrated, but they're doing the right thing. And um, Daryl Morey's also thinking about the long term future of the organization as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he doesn't want to get a guy, you know, he doesn't want to make a trade happen where. You know, they may be good for just this year. Now he's thinking of he's thinking of this year and years to come. So now he he wants to make a trade happen where it's gonna benefit the Sixers now and in the long run. That's why, you know, he's considering a bunch of picks or, you know, a young guy. Um so I think more well, that's doing- another thing too. If if he can make a trade happen, even wasting one of Joel Embiid's prime years and be a number one contender for a championship the next three, yeah. This is worth it. Right, exactly. So if he doesn't do that, then he royally screwed up, and the whole entire city will turn on him because that's what we do. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, you're already starting to. Fans right now are just are just impatient. Um, I don't think that we're mad at Daryl Morey. I think it's just Ben Simmons being well. Some people, ben are. Simmons. Some people are starting to mad at Morey. Uh, no, I've seen I, like, I'm more. I, I, listen, the fans are starting to. Uh, they're boycotting Adele for the love of God. <laughs> I mean, we're just angry people, okay? Yeah, and we're also impatient. Um, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I include myself in that. I mean, I want a trade to happen. I want, you know, I, I want Embiid to get help because um, he, you know, he does need it. Um, but you know, if if the right trade isn't hasn't been discussed yet, then I think you, I think he's doing the right thing. Yeah, look at. Once this situation pans out is where I can kind of grade Maury. Until then, sure. I just got to keep tight. Yeah, I mean, you know, in terms of, you know, drafting and, and signing guys, he's done a, he's done a fine job. Um, but this, this trade is going to define his career in Philadelphia, no doubt. And then finally, one thing that he said – I think he said there's something like 420 guys in the NBA and 370 of them would love to play for the Philadelphia 76ers with Joel Embiid. Right. And he's shocked that he has someone on the team right now that doesn't want to be a 76er. <laughs> like that that wasn't verbatim. I, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something along those lines. Yeah. And that was on the Mike Missanelli show on a 97.5. Yeah, it is. It's It's true. You know, a lot of guys would, you know, they would they would love to play here with Joel Embiid and, and try to, you know, make a championship run. Um, and we just happen to have one of those guys who doesn't want to be here. So, you know, it's an unfortunate situation, uh, but it, it happened the way that it did. And, you know, we got to deal with it now. Yeah, but, you know, I, I always think about that situation, too. It's like Ben's so willing to just sit out one of the best years of his life, like, career-wise. Like, you're at your physical peak at, like, 26 to 28. Mm-hmm. And you're willing to waste one of those years? He's still getting fined. Yeah. 
they're just not signing him for like not tying his shoe anymore. They're just signing him for missing games, which are the big ones. Well, it might not. It might not just be this year, man. It could be next year as well, or and and years to come. Honestly, Whew. because the Sixers are willing to wait out his contract, and that's for the next four years. So. We may not see Ben Simmons for the next four years, and I think the Sixers are okay with that, honestly. <laughs> Look, if that is the case, Rich Paul's a terrible agent if he lets that happen. Oh yeah, no, no doubt. Because you can't let your you cannot let your client just sit home for four straight years and continue to get fined. Like Ben Simmons is just Le'Veon Belling it right now, honestly. Yep. But I don't know. You don't just sign a you don't sign a long term contract if you don't want to be there. That that's the lesson that he should learn. A lot can change in one year, I guess. <laughs> Look, I don't know. And, you know the, the one thing too, uh, Nerlens Noel is allegedly suing Clutch Sports for uh, not telling him about a contract offer with the Sixers, so. Might just be a clutch sports thing. I don't know. I'm no professional yeah. agent. I'm not going to sit here and slander anyone. I slander myself every morning when I wake up and look at the mirror. Same. But I don't know. I'm not going to try to tell someone how to make their money and not. I can be mad at them, though, and I cannot like them for it. And we will be mad, trust me. Speaking of not liking people, I'm going to shift the lines and talk some flyers. Okay. okay. You know, we talk about rage and like things building up within us in Philadelphia sports, and I've, you know, I've had my ups and downs with a lot of teams, and I can say that even on a bad season, I used to still turn on the Flyers and watch them almost every single game. Every game that I could. Yeah. Up until about... I, you know, honestly, this year was the first year that I had no ambition to turn on that screen. This year and last year, honestly. I'll throw last year in there. Uh, the, the Flyers didn't – there was no energy coming from them. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wanted to reflect on everyone's having the conversation that Comcast Spectator, that's the group that owns the Flyers, is doing a poor job. Uh, they're a subsidiary of Comcast. Um, they bought out all of Ed Snyder's shares back in, I think, 2016. And – when you look at the Flyers as an organization, there's been a lot of changes over the past decade, maybe 15 years or so. Um, Paul Holmgren, he wasn't the best GM, but he did have a good stint before it all went to hell. Um, after, I would say after 16 is when things started to fall apart with the Flyers. They didn't really have 
an identity after 18. They kind of lost themselves. When I, I think of the Flyers, and like I might be going back and showing my age a little bit at this point, but I remember watching with my friends the Flyers, the whole series, come back against the Bruins when they were down 3 nothing. And the last game I had to watch, by, like we all watched at our own houses, and it was insane. I remember going absolutely ballistic, thinking, how can no one love Flyers hockey? And you probably couldn't pay me to go to a Flyers game right now. <laughs> and, and, you know, the fun part is wow. the Flyers are one of the highest worth teams in the league. They're worth about $1.2 billion. Comcast Spectator, they've renovated the Wells Fargo Center. Mm-hmm. Looks really good. I, I've got to give them that. They do have a fantastic stadium. Mm. Before it was okay. Now it's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. I like what they did with the second floor. Now it's not like sewer rats. It's actually a nice location. Um, <laughs> I, But I, I, as a fan who used to watch as much as he could to – not even being inclined to turn on the screen. Mm. That's just an organizational failure. Because if I'm feeling that way, then there's several other fans that feel that way. Yeah, no doubt. I don't understand how you can... And, you know, that's another thing, too. Philadelphia used to be a really... It still is, but it's a hockey town. The, the Flyers fans here love their Flyers, and not everyone from Philly is a Flyers fan. Some people don't like hockey. It's a niche sport. But if you're going yeah. to just deter people from even going to the game by putting out a product that's just poor and pathetic year after year, that's inconsistent, that they can't rely on, that they can't back. The last championship they won was 1975. We're, we're, we're about to be on 50 years without a championship yep this city deserves better one two you know you fire ron hextall who i don't think he did all that great first off i think his biggest mistake was drafting nolan patrick mm-hmm. um i i remember being kind of hype about it because you know, you don't ever get a pick that high. And then the more you read about it, it's like, really? And, you know, everyone around him is saying, uh, you might not want to pick him. He's got a history of this and kind of lazy and this and that. But no, he wanted him. So he got him and now he's gone. He doesn't exist on the Flyers anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. They do a really great job of developing talent. Um, on top of putting out really poor teams that have nothing relatable about them and no fight behind them a lot of the time, they did put out a really cool mascot. <laughs> and you know what was funny? When I was thinking about talking about this, uh, <laughs> I went on Twitter before recording and 
I'm going to pull it up because I really have to read it to you. It, it's that insane. They have time to create a gritty website game, but they don't have time to focus on making the team better. That's the thing that's scary. Yeah, here it is. While you wait for puck drop, head to grittysnacks.com and play at Gritty NHL Snacks, the new mobile game presented by TCS underscore NA. So they have time and money to spend on a mobile game. Mm. That's the important thing. Yeah. Like, I love Claude Giroux. Um, and I think, honestly, the Flyers should chemo team it at him. Trade him to a team that's winning. <laughs> Give him his chance at the Cup. Uh, he's a guy that I wanted to be a Flyer, but a Flyer when he retires, but... I don't know. Yeah. The next thing that's going to come out is the Flyers are, oh, the Philadelphia Flyers are considering a logo change. Because, yeah, that's going to change everything, man. That's really going to change it all. <laughs> uh, Chuck Fletcher, two coaches in three years. Nothing that he's doing is really working. I see this as another potential failure. Yeah, I mean he made he made all those trades this all season. He has nothing to show for it. Carter Hart is so hot and cold. I haven't even really been watching this year. Not me either. I I don't know. I mean how I mean they've played forty games and they've had two separate ten game losing streaks. Yeah, they're they're tied with the stars right now. I think it's 1-1. One, one. I mean, if you expect me to watch a team that does that, then, you know. Look, you this team, the city is fed up with the inconsistent play. Um, Dave Hackstall was a terrible coach. Uh, Elaine Vigneault, I thought, was going to be good. And then look at what that turned into. Yeah. And then here we are again. I don't think Mike Yo's the answer. I've said that before. No. Obviously not with the way the team's playing. Yeah. No shot. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. And a lot of the call is for Comcast Spectator to sell the team. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really where a lot of the fans are, honestly. Um Ed Snyder was a hockey guy through and through. And I think that even if the Flyers had a poor product out there, um, Ed Snyder did hear what the fans had to say. I don't know if it's the same for a giant corporate conglomerate. Uh, I don't there, – there are guys, obviously, who are good NHL minds – it just might not be working, and I don't know how it's going to work in the future or what's going to happen, but 
this is a a weird time to be a Flyers fan. Paper bags in the stands. This is probably this is is this the first paper bags of our lives for a sports team? The Sixers we knew about. Sam yeah. Pinky straight up came out and said we're gonna suck. Yeah. The Flyers have just been inconsistent and bad. Piss poor. Yeah, I mean they. I think for the Flyers definitely. Um, because like you said, they're, they've, I feel like every other year they've been good. And then every other year they've been bad. Um, no, they have been, this right. is going to be the first year that they back to back missed a playoff since 1990. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, 32 years. Yeah. So definitely, definitely for the flyers, but, um, you know, maybe some of the, maybe some of the, um, mid 2010, Phillies teams for sure. Um, but you know, even then, even then they were kind of going through a rebuild as well. So yeah, maybe, I mean, I don't know. I mean, again, you know, it's the same, it's kind of the same thing with the Eagles. Um, you know, they have a bad year and then they're good the next year. So, um, yeah. And, you know, I did want to talk, um, a little bit too. Or how do I put it? I don't want to take I don't want to ruin the players day. But it's obviously not working with the group that's there. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the best thing to do. If there is any changes would be to blow it up. Yeah. When it's when it's been bad for this long. You can either blow it up or you can make big splashes that actually impact the organization. I don't know what the right answer is at this point. I I really don't. I mean, it's it's you know it's really a question of I mean you do have young talent deep as you know as the owner of the Flyers or as the GM or whatever. Do you think that young talent is good enough for them to be competitive again? So that's what it comes down to with the Flyers right now. Um, I think the young talent that they have and guys like Joel Farabee and uh, Scott Loughton, pretty good. But I mean, it's, you know, like I said, I mean, you got, you got, you know, guys like Cam York coming up and Morgan Frost and, and like you said, Joel Farabee and, um, you know, do you think Carter Hart can, can be the guy for the future? So that's, that's what they're, that's what this year is. For the Flyers front office I mean is are those guys the future of this team and if not gotta blow it up yeah I, I mean you're right there are a lot of young guys too uh, people guys like Travis Konechny they haven't been playing all that great yeah um I don't know I don't want to see them lose guys like Travis Sanheim. They're on the younger end, like you said, Cam York, yeah. uh, Carter Hart. He has good games, and then he has really, really bad ones. So I don't even know how to feel about that. But yeah, they made it. They made a lot of moves this off season, but it feels like nothing at this point. Yep, exactly. 
So, I mean, it's not like Fletcher made terrible moves on paper, but they're just not panning out. Yeah, they're just not working. And on that note, like, I don't know if they're going to let him go for that because it's not like he wasn't trying. I don't get the feeling that he wasn't trying. No, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this, I mean, this season is already chalked, basically. So, you know, this, as Flyers fans, we're already, we're already looking towards this off season. Um, and they're thirteen twenty and eight. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't see them doing anything this year. Um, so, you know what's going to happen like you said are they going to let Fletcher go or you know they're going to keep him one more year or are they going to I mean they're going to they're going to find a new head coach because it's not not yo so oh if they if they sign Mike yo permanently then no that that's just a red flag <laughs> right exactly so at that point that's Comcast spectator just uh putting up they, they might as well on their Twitter account just changed our profile picture to a middle finger an orange hand with a middle finger and then a black background and say here you go, Philadelphia. This is your new head coach for the rest of his life. I'm signing him to a lifetime contract, and it's just a middle finger. That's their new logo. Yeah. So, uh, but that's not gonna happen. So, you know, they're gonna they're gonna have a new coach next year. So, this is gonna be, uh, you know, it's gonna be a big off season for them. Um, you know, it's 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 sad to already look towards the off season when the season's not even over yet. But, um, and it's not even close to being over yet. Um, well, you know, and, and we go back to it. It would be different if they were playing Flyers hockey. Right. But what is Flyers hockey anymore? They, they, they have no identity. Not Nothing. Flyers hockey used to be a really gritty, no yep. pun intended there. Well, like, why, it was always a hard-fought game. Yeah. Like, I think of guys that, like, back then, like Scotty Hartnell. Scotty Hartnell is a savage. I love Scotty Hartnell. Mm-hmm. Wayne Simmons. Dude's mm-hmm. a legend. I remember at the stadium series, uh, that one hit that set off that huge almost line brawl that almost yep. was, that would have been insane. Um, I love Claude Giroux. I have Claude Giroux's jersey when he still had the A. <laughs> You know, I have JVR's original jersey when he was 21. Yeah. You know, these are... I remember watching the games, and the games were fun to watch. They were always, like, they were in it. They were really fighting tooth and nail. And, man, that was the best. And over the last 10, 12 years at this point... The bubble flyers, when they got the one seed, I thought might have been the revival. Yep. And then they came out in game seven against the Islanders, and they looked like the deadest fish of all. <laughs> That's the thing though, like they they did play poorly, but there was so much hope for the for the future. You know what I mean? That's then, the thing. When when they made it that far with the roster they had, they right. were playing really well. But let's be honest here, that season they were up and down that season too. For sure. They they were definitely, they, they caught fire at the right time. Um, yes. 
that's the only reason, you know, they were the number one seed that year. Um, and then, you know, they hit, they just hit a wall. Um, and they, they just, they, like you said, they played like dead fish out there in game seven. And, um, but after that game, you know, there was so much hype for the, for the next year with, with their roster, you know, being so young and, and, you know, having, having some of these, you know, veteran guys who can lead. Um, we thought we were finally past the lull. Right. You know, we thought we, okay, you know, now this is, this, this is going to be a contender. And then they come out next year and they don't do anything. Well, I don't think that I'm the only person in Philadelphia that says this. I'm a Flyers fan. But who are the Flyers? Where have they gone? What happened to the Flyers? It's a shame. Uh, It really is a shame. I don't, I'm not excited watching them. I've occasionally listened to them on the radio. If I'm working um, or just like kind of fiddling around in the computer um, and they're on, I'll throw on 97.5. I'm driving. Usually they're Sunday games. I'll catch them. But nothing seems to go well. No. Man. It's a shame. It really is. I miss watching the Flyers. I miss, uh, you know, actually being, actually caring, you know. I think back and honestly. You know, you're not a fan. Like, I I will always be a fan of the Flyers. Like, no. Yeah. But. That's the thing. And, and, you know, people are going to say, like, oh, you're just a fair weather fan. It's like. Right. You know, it's it's a little less than that at this point. Um, yeah, it's not like it's nothing like like I, I will always love the Flyers. I don't I don't care if they go winless. Yeah, like I still follow them, even though I right. don't, like I know what's going on. I know how bad they are right now. Uh, you just you want your team to succeed. And it's hard when they go out there week, day in and day out and don't perform. You know, it's it's. And and it's just the way that they're playing. It's just no identity, no no fight, no. There's grit. no passion. There's passion. I don't I don't see a love of the game. I see a you know, we're just out there, and then they're losing so much. And you you watch the replays, and it's like they just look so dejected. Yeah. I get why you're dejected because you just lost twelve in a row, but. <laughs> You know, you you're playing for the city, and the city the city just deserves better than what they're getting right now. Yeah, no doubt. I know business is important. I'm not an idiot. I know you have to care about your income. I know you got to make the the balance sheets and the income statements all work, but I think the biggest thing that this city needs is the team to perform well at this point. And I mean consistently well. Absolutely. They've deserved better for two decades, and they haven't gotten it. 
well, excuse me, this is the second decade. Right. Since they made that Stanley Cup, really, it's been downhill. But I would say the Hackstall years were the beginning of where this identity crisis happened. For sure. I mean, yeah, we haven't really been coached since LaViolette, really. Uh, The reason I thought Alain Vigneault was going to work when he came in and said, be an effing flyer, that was sick. Yeah. That's what that's what we needed. And then it didn't work. Right. And then he got fired. Yeah. And now here we are. And here we are. All right. Well, that really wasn't a ramble. That was more just a conversation of just the general sentiment of how Philadelphia feels about the Flyers right now. But I still love hockey. Um, I don't. You know, too, like there are guys who love hockey to the point where they know every single thing about it. I'm not that guy, but yeah, me neither. I, I can watch any hockey game you throw on. Oh, yeah. Uh, I could watch the Flyers right now, even how bad they are. It's just. Why would I put myself through that? Exactly. Exactly. So. All right. Uh, how about this? I'll, I'll make a deal. With you and anyone who's listening. If any moves are made, whether it's selling the team, which it won't be, uh, any big moves in the offseason that actually look like they're trying to make a team work, or at least come out and say that they hear the fan base, yeah, I will begin – I will watch – Every single Flyers game that I possibly can for the rest of the year, if something is said. If it's done in the offseason, I'll watch every single game possible next season. And I mean physically possible. So you, like if, if I'm at work you now. Want, so you want acknowledgement. I want them to come out and say, we hear you. We're going to do something and actually do something. And I don't mean some petty nonsense like fire Chuck Fletcher and hire some Joe Schmo uh, that's going to suck as well. Yeah. And I don't even know if Chuck Fletcher kind of sucks or not. Like, again, his moves just didn't pan out. Right. Um, but a lot of the moves that Comcast Spectator has made since taking over have just been bad. Right. And I want them to acknowledge that they've been bad. Okay. Um. I mean, they're all probably sitting in their yacht club smoking, like, banging cigars and drinking oh, yeah. Johnny Walker Blue. Yeah, and then they're looking at their bank accounts go up. And, and yeah. uh, you know, man, they're probably sitting there enjoy- having the time of their lives. No, oh, look at that. Our team is valued at $1.2 billion. Isn't that amazing, Jeeves? And then some guy walks in and be like, uh, you know, they stink, right? And then they're like, oh, fire this man. Yeah, see, and, and that, that's that's another thing of the problem. And I don't I don't know any of the people who are on that board or a member of that organization, but I can tell you right now, they probably don't talk like we do. They don't have an accent like we do. And you know, oh yeah, a part of being a Philadelphian apparently is just uh, mispronouncing words. Although that sounds stupid, it's where you grew up and that's how you talk. And they don't talk like us. You know what they probably say? Water. Yeah, we say water, so get over it, all right? That's how we say it. They probably say water. 
and, and say, they would they would call they would ass. call us an ass. Right. But you're an ass. You're an ass. And that's how we say it. So get over it. <sighs> Where are you going on Sunday? Mass. Not Maybe. mass. I think. You know, one of my friends from college uh, had a conversation with me after he moved to Philly. And he said, you know, for a while, I thought you just talked with a lisp. Because I had a hard accent. Well, we don't, okay? It's not a lisp. It's not. It's the Philly accent. It's the Philly... It's brash. It's bold. Um, You know, uh, the thing I noticed, too... People from Delco talk really crazy. Their accent is different. Yeah, I feel like like a lot of people in this area, like the the Philadelphia, you know, Delaware County area, like it just depends on where you grew up and who you grew up around. So if you grew up with someone from Northeast Philly like I did, then you're going to say things like water and mess and ass and all that kind of, all that stuff. But if you grew up in, you know, Jersey and say things like, like I'm going to mass or, you know, I don't think so. I think South Jersey for the most part is pretty good. I would say once you get out to like, um, Malvern. Yeah. Like that area, like once you get starting to get into the people walking around in vineyard vines and khaki pants that you can't afford and a sweater (laughs) vest that um, is more expensive than it ever should be. Mm. Um, And they drive around in a BMW and I'm not talking like a regular BMW. I'm talking about the tricked out BMW with the red leather seats and all the fancy stuff on the inside. Oh, yeah. Once you get out there, they don't talk like us. Yeah, for sure. So it just yeah, it just depends on where you grew up and who you grew up around. So now I'm not saying rich people can't have Philly accents because like the mom or the dad who are rich or had the good job might have the hard Philly accent, but right. The kids definitely don't. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, that's just how we talk, man. So if you hate it, then you hate us. And that's just, you know, add to the list of why people hate Philadelphia. So I'm also just trying to deter from the misery that I just caused myself talking about the flyers for 35 minutes. That's so it. on that note, we've reached our destination for the day. Okay. <laughs> We'd like to thank you for listening to the Philly bandwagon podcast. Go to phlsportsnation.com for all your Philly sports wants, needs, and desires. Go to the podcast tab, go to the PHL bandwagon. You can find us on Spotify there. You can also find us on Apple podcasts and iHeartRadio. Go to the WEG shop. You can get your PHL, the bandwagon merch. You got the TBW merch, nice hoodies, nice beanies. It's cold out there. Get yourself a comfy, comfy, comfy hoodie and a very nice hat. Very, very nice hat. You can follow us at the PHL bandwagon on Twitter. You can also follow me at PHL Ryan Michaels. You can follow Chip at PHL Chip Tiernan. You can find us on Facebook at the PHL bandwagon. We're definitely not getting an Instagram, maybe, sort of. I don't know. We might. Um, no, we, we're, no, I mean. Maybe. Well. Yeah. Uh, we do share polls every week. Please, please, please share our polls and comment. We really do appreciate it. We love interacting with the fan base. It's actually awesome. Uh, you well, know, it sounds stupid, but when some of you guys call us idiots and some of you guys say, yeah, I like that, it, it's awesome that we can have a nice back and forth. And it, it, it just, uh, you know, it, it, it's nice to interact with the community. Um, yeah, the I mean, we, last thing yeah. I will say is – 
Andrew Knapp is the best, right, Chip? All right, that's you know that was unnecessary. It right? was unnecessary. <laughs> it really. It, I mean, you know, I mean, speaking of unnecessary, I love Hector Neris. So, oh, dude, you are <clears throat> you're you were walking on thin ice. Uh, so you know, I mean, there's that, but uh, um, yeah, but you mentioned polls. Uh, I didn't put up a poll last week because I couldn't think of one. So. Uh, if you have if we have your ideas for polls, let me know because I'll put them up too. But uh, I try to do a poll every week. Uh, last week I just couldn't think of one and I was being lazy, so sorry about that. But I will try my best to put one this week um, and every week, as because we like again, like you said, we like to interact with you guys. But um, you know, maybe this week this this poll next week will be about Hector Nurse, you know, so, or um, you yeah, know. I think it's actually going to be about the Flyers this week. Uh, okay. Yeah. Just being honest with you. And, and you know, the crazy part is after this, they could win. I don't know. But usually we have a history of yeah. ragging on teams and them just completely telling us to go F ourselves. Well, it's usually it's usually just been the Flyers, honestly. Like if we talk crap about the Phillies, they can. No, the Phillies. It happens with the Phillies, too. When, when, no, I mean, when we really bash the Phillies. Yeah. But it's like we have to go hard for the Phillies. Like – if we talk about if we talk poorly about the Flyers in any manner whatsoever, then they start uh, winning. They start winning. But yeah. I mean, like, if I'm being honest, we really didn't talk that poorly about them. It was more just like a, there's a lack of identity with the team and the ownership yeah. and coaching and front office has done a poor job of making sure the team is a contender. Um, so, yep. All right. On that note, we'll see you at the next stop. Uh, go Sixers because birds are gone. Embiid's the goat. I mean, Embiid is the goat, and Tyrese Maxey is the man. Uh, so is Thibault. Can't wait for to come back. Go Sixers.